around the center like he does. So if you can't see me, you move your chair. I can see myself. Sorry, you're welcome to uh, um, not the podium guy in the front. In this. Hey, what? No, do you need me to have a mic? I'll hold my wife's hand. <laughs> okay, let's see. Are there different Bible translations here tonight? King James. King James, yeah. He's dead. Yeah. Next. <laughs> Who? Not important. We've got the African Standard Version. The ASB. <laughs> and the New Indian Version. <laughs> I, need, I need some different translations. Have you got your passion? Yeah, that's cool. Who's got the message? Okay. okay. I need, I need you to open up your name. If, if, if you can get Nahum. Okay, that's fine. You can use both. Nahum chapter 1, verse 3. Nahum 1, verse 3. I thought Taste was going to flip and swear during the meeting earlier when he spoke about lightning. We once went and preached in a place called Deval. You don't know where Deval is, then you like. Deval. 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 Translates into English and Deval. Deval. Not the wild. Okay, Deval. The wild. And yeah, I, got, I was preaching about why did David pick up five stones, huh? Listen, I'm an English person. Okay. So I translate very literally. And David picked up five stones because there were five giants. He never thought he was going to miss four times. So who were the five giants? There was a six-finger giant, there was a guy by the name of Seth, and there was a guy by the name of Ishbi Banab. And, and each one of them have got a character. When you look at it, it's like Goliath, this character brings fear. That's what it did. But David missed. David did not use four stones. He only used the one. Because he never used the four stones, those little foxes that were in his life grew up to be giants to try and kill him. And the word of the Lord says in the Song of Solomon, catch the little foxes that spoil the vineyard. And they quit. So I just told these guys straight out, if you don't catch these little foxes, they'll come and blick some of you one day like giants. Right, so that comes straight out the Bible, guys. Bluxum, you know, it's not a swear word in Africa. Bluxum's fall upon the yum of a tape from there. And I thought he was going to talk about the thunderbolts of God that come lightning, lightning out of heaven. Anyway, sorry, that's something I've got into that. Um, Nathan, who's got different translations for me? You don't go to Nathan. You don't go to Nathan, no. The message, read it for me. <coughs> You need to read it louder. And you need to stand up on your chair. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Have you got it? It's not open, is it? Okay, watch any other translations? Nathan 1 verse 3. Rick, please. Whoever's got Nathan 1 verse 3 can read it. Okay, so they told me the exile survivors who are left there in the province are in a bad shape. 
we can come into your weather app and it's, and it's really accurate almost to the hour. You know? I mean, telco, I mean, not telcom, what's it? This electricity department is really getting accurate to the hour as well and switching out lights on. You know, it's like six o'clock and thing, it's gone, you know. We, we joked about it last night, you know, one minute past. What was it? Six. Yeah, one minute. No, one minute past eight or two minutes past eight. One minute past eight, it came back on. And it's like, you know what Jesus says about this? He says in Luke twelve fifty four, and I've got my notes printed because I don't want to chase a rabbit. I don't want to go lose focus. But Jesus says to the crowds, He said, when you see a cloud rising in the west, right away you say, a storm is coming, and so it does. Just like our weather channel. <laughs> and then when the south wind is blowing, you say, it's going to be a real scorcher. And it is. And then Jesus says, You hypocrites. I don't mean like anybody here want to be called as a hypocrite by the Son of the Most High God. <laughs> He's talking to his very disciples. He's not talking to the, those heathen outside there. He said, You hypocrites. He says, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky, but you don't know how to interpret this time and the season that we're in right now. And I sat back and I thought about this quite seriously, and I, and I thought, well, let's, let's play the blame game. And I'm like, well, God, it's not my fault. I'm, I'm told to keep quiet in church. <coughs> now, the prophets are silenced. And it's like, go through that channel and this channel to find out if you can say something. I mean, and don't, don't imagine too much. <laughs> if only we can get to the root word of imagination, I should have preached on that. No jokes. I mean, the root word of imagination is logismos. It's a Greek word. Can you, can you catch it? Logis, logos. Ismos is image. Do you know that before God spoke the word about you, he was actually imagining you? Imagination didn't never start in the heart of the child, it started in the heart of God, long before the child was even born. So, so our very thought process has been, has been crunched, and yes, so Lord God, it's not my fault, you know. My, my prophetic creativity has been silenced. Yeah, they're, they're definitely, they're, Lord Jesus, I'm not the hypocrite. I'm not talking to any of you, I'm talking to myself. Okay. I don't want you to. I'm obviously talking to all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, you bunch of hypocrites. <laughs> Goodness grief, you want to get members for hypocrites? No one wants to pay tithes, tell them they're now. Jesus. <laughs> and then they still loved him to death, you know? Psalm <laughs> <laughs> so 24, verses 3 and 4, is a, is a scripture I just love to, I love to quote. Because it's so, it can be so applied to every area of life. We all have dreams, we all have wild imaginations, we all have visions, we all, we all desire to go somewhere to do something, to achieve something. 
And there's that scripture that says, hope deferred makes the heart grow faint. And hope deferred, okay, this is not in scripture, but hope deferred through age puts you into a place of hopelessness because you've lost your youth, you've lost your zeal, you've lost your energy. But the Lord wants to restore your youth. The Lord wants to restore your energy. The Lord wants to restore your zeal. Amen. The Lord wants to give you that fire back again. Amen. So you can climb to the mountain of success. Amen. But you will face storms on the way. You will. And we need to discern these storms and have a look at what they are. But who can come to the mountain of the Lord? But he who has clean hands, a pure heart, a soul of that up to an idol, and a tongue that does not speak deceit. Four criteria to climb into the top of that mountain in your business, in your dream, in a relationship, in any area of life. If you want to achieve it financially, you must get this four criteria in order and keep it on track. Very simple. The motivation of your heart, the method of your walk, your vision, and your speech. And if you can keep those four things on track, you will climb the mountain of the Lord. You will achieve your pinnacle of success, whatever you face. And you can have storm, hurricane, tornado, even a, a storm of drought come up against you. And God will use the storm for your benefit. I've heard people say, I'm going through one hell of a storm. It's definitely satanic. Well, we need to be very careful we don't do the blame game and blame the devil on everything. Because I'm telling you, there's three storms in life. Actually, only, only three. And I know you've got it. There's a God storm. God sends a storm. The devil sends a storm. And you create your own storm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. A little bit of folding of hands. Tomorrow, minyana, kusasa, pokanda. And before you know it, poverty has slapped you in the face. That's, that's a storm. Don't go blame COVID because there's no work. Is there enough work out there for you to make money? I don't want to support the beggars on the side of the street. They, if they start using a little bit of creativity, listen, I've been there. I've, no, I haven't been the beggar on the side of the street. But I've been there where it's been absolute no good. And I remember the one day we were at our lowest of lowest. And our daughter, we were living in Innes Road, Morningside. And I've got a door, a wooden door. You know these masonite panel doors, the hollow doors? My daughter needed a toy box. I stripped the wood off that door. And I made her a toy box out of the door. Because I never had the money to go, listen, get, get creative, do something. Don't go blame someone else because you're facing the storm. Do something about the situation. You say, Mark, I'm facing one hang of the storm. I'm in a financial drought. I can't come through. Well, get up and do what Isaac did. So what did Isaac do? He sowed seed in the middle of a storm, drought. 
So I've got nothing. You, of course you've got something. You've got two shoes on your feet. Give one away. <laughs> Who wants one shoe? Well, then give both away. <laughs> Who wants second-hand shoes? A lot of people in Africa. Well, well, let me think about that one. Well, then you'll stay in your storm. You want to come out of your storm. You need to wake up and do something wow radical. And I want to share with you about the wow radicals to break out of your storm. So let's have a look at these storms quickly. The first, the first storm, I'll call it the self-inflicted storm, is, is found in where? Help me. Which guy in the Bible? Peter? Yeah. Who? Jonah jumped on, on board a ship 
which was a trading ship. A trading ship, now I don't know if it knows that they're insurance for trade. Do you know where I'm going? Yeah. He jumped on board this ship, the owner says goodbye to the sailors, and all of you business people have got your stock on that ship. And the sailors faced a storm. So what do the sailors do? They throw all the stuff overboard, and you lose your product. It never reaches its destination, you don't get your money back. Who was to blame for that storm? Jonah. I wonder if he paid retribution and paid back. I don't think so. So your disobedience and your running from the Lord can cause other people around you to suffer. Oh Lord Jesus. So when Jonah opened up and he says, hey, all of this is my fault. All of it is my fault. Throw me overboard. They did not want to touch him. Because I actually, when I read that, I think those guys were quite righteous in that boat. Because the word of the Lord says, touch not my prophets. Do them no harm. They did not want, they knew he was a prophet. They were not going to touch him. So he had to jump over himself. <laughs> there was another storm. It's the God storm. God sent the storm. Now we did speak about Job. But he's not the guy I want to pick up on. This guy. I'd like to ask you a question. I was, I was thinking about this earlier. What is the Bible that, Job, that the Apostle Paul used? No, the Apostle Paul. He wrote nearly all of the New Testament. When when Paul went around and preached, what Bible was he using? Holy Spirit Bible. Word of the Lord. And thank you. It just hit me today. I said, Lord, speak to me about this message. And I felt the Bible say to me, What is the Bible that Paul used? And I went like, What? He never carried the original manuscripts around with them. They were tied up in the temple. They were only accessible by the high priest. So Paul had to receive a download of the Holy Spirit all the time. You see, the word of the Lord says, Hide my word in your heart, that you may not sin against it. And, and some of us, and I, sorry, I, our little granddaughter, two, year, two and a half years old, Azalea, I, I love, I love it in the early hours of the morning, wake up, go make, Granny T, her, her nickname is Lulu. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get a hiding for that one. But, I, but it's like precious. I mean, and then I sit there with Azalea and I'll make coffee for myself and blah, 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 and we'll sing. And I'll sing the song this week to her. Read your Bible and grow every day. And you'll grow, grow, grow. Don't read your Bible and shrink, shrink, shrink. <laughs> and hence, the good old book for me. Is the, the, uh, the, uh, the, I don't know if you remember Sunday school songs. Okay? And I was singing that to her, and, and the Lord said to me, Which Bible did the Apostle Paul use? And I seriously thought about that now. I said, Lord God, he had intimacy with you. And it was a download of the Holy Spirit. So when Paul got onto the ship, going off for Rome, he had the word of the Lord in his heart. By Barnabas, 
don't go because your life will get taken and you'll da 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 and all that, that stuff will happen, you know, when his hands got tied and all that stuff. Yeah. All of that came to pass. But he knew that he needed to go because God had something to do. And I want to tell you something. When you create your own storm, people around you suffer. But when God creates a storm for your life, it's for your good. And I actually thought about the three storms. It was this storm that Paul was in. His boat sunk. The other storms, the boats never sank. And I'll get to the third storm now. But the, the storm with Paul, he's on this boat, he's on a prisoner ship. There's a bunch of other prisoners, hardcore criminals. And they're going to run and they're going to get executed. Because the, what happened in history there, these guys would be taken to the amphitheater and literally fed to lions or would have to fight for their freedom. Okay? And if they won against raised up soldiers, they could walk free. And they knew they were going to their death. They were either going to get to the fed to the lions or have to fight some radical soldiers. So the ship is getting stranded, sorry, the ship was stranded on a, on a sand bank off the island of Malta, and it was getting pounded by waves day and night, and it started breaking up. And the soldiers on the ship knew that if these prisoners escaped, mayhem would be caused. So what the soldiers decided was let's kill the prisoners before the ship breaks up before they do manage to escape. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appears to Paul and says, don't stress about this. I'm going to do a miracle. But your ship will sink. It's amazing how God does miracles when our ship sinks. And not one person died. And not one person suffered loss. Maybe the government lost the ship. They maybe lost the ship. But it was nothing really. I mean, it's Nobody actually suffered loss. What happened was these guys landed on the island of Malta, Paul preached, and half the inhabitants of the island became Christians through a storm that Paul went through. Now the next storm is a demonic storm. And I know we've all had that in our life. I have. I've had demonic storms. But I want to tell you, let me tell you this, a demonic storm can only attack you unless God has permitted it or you have opened the door. There's no other way a demonic storm can come into your life. You'll say, Mark, I've been attacked by the devil. Well then, either God's permitted it or you've opened the door. You see, you're covered by the blood of Jesus. No weapon formed against you can prosper. No tongue that's raised against you can stand. There's no condemnation of to those in Christ Jesus. Because your thinking is with the mind of Christ, as a man thinks, so is he. Because your thinking is the mind of Christ. You are the body of Christ. You are untouchable by the devil. Untouchable. And because you're untouchable by the devil, whatever arrow he shoots at you falls flat before it hits you. So either you open the door. Well, God has given you permission like he did for Joe. 
And I don't think God gives permission to the devil to attack you every day. Oh, but God does give you permission. God does give the devil permission. And I'll tell you why. Because you've prayed, Lord God, increase my faith. How do you think the faith will ever get increased if you don't have faith at all? So the Lord allows you to go into warfare. The Lord allows you to go into a drought. The Lord allows you to go into a storm so that your faith can grow. You want a testimony, then you need to be tested. So simple. You want the glory of God upon you, then you need to go into the fire. You can't have a testimony like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or like Daniel and the lions then, if you don't face those lions, or face the fire. So you will be tested, because you even said, Lord God, come and purify me like silver. Silver is only purified when it's been through the fire many times. So let's, let's not do the blame, blame game here. Let's, let's look at the situation, discern the storm. Because Jesus called them hypocrites. Because they could not discern the storm they were in. They could discern the weather. And I'm saying, Lord God, come, speak to me. Either we're going to have a bunch of repentance tonight, or a truckload of, of worship, or we're going to come and break and bind the works of God, submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. There's three things that we need to do when we go to a storm. But you can't do the wrong thing at the wrong storm. What good is it worshipping God when you've got a demonic storm coming against you? So this third storm I want to talk to you about. Jesus had been preaching. And he preached his heart out to thousands of people. And the word of God says he was tired. And he said to his disciples, let us go to the other side. Shouldn't that be sufficient? He who began a good work in you, he is faithful to complete it. So Jesus jumps in the boat and he hits the deck. Lights out, fast asleep. Because he knew that the word of God is sufficient in taking them to the other side. The disciples, like you and I, the first thing we do is we go into works. We start laboring for the kingdom. Rowing the boat, we see the clouds come. And we better go faster, guys. Because the paint's peeling and we need to do this and we need to do that and time is running out and let's do some work here. And before you know it, it's all about works. And these guys are trying to bail the ship and get the water out the boat because the storm is coming upon them. And we've, I've done that. I've done that. I mean, I was serving the Lord with all my heart, my wife and I, together. And, and we knew that God called us. And we were doing it by faith but we came to a place where I needed an aeroplane ticket and we never had the money. So I went into works and I got a credit card. It was wonderful. Flying out there later. And I went off and I did my preaching and we saw signs and wonders and healings and miracles and wow! And I came back and I paid my credit card. That was great. And before I knew it, that increased my limit and I had another. <laughs> And, another, and, I, and before I knew it, I had five credit cards. And I couldn't even service the interest on the credit cards. And I said, Lord Jesus, 
Now, let's, let's, now, now we need to pick sides here because you called me into ministry and I'm in this predicament. And now I blame the devil because he does not want me to preach. Hello, who created that storm? Well, it was definitely demonic, you know, and it's the God of mammon, you know. So we can like start arguing this, um, but at the end of the day, I, took, I had to take responsibility on that one, and I'll come back to that. But the storm with Jesus, he was fast asleep. And the disciples were stressing. And what did the disciples do? They woke Jesus up. What were the first words that came out there now? Do you know? We die and go to hell. Exactly that. Have, have you no concern? We're going to die. And what did Jesus do? Okay. Yeah, Jesus didn't get up and rebuke the storm. He rebuked them. Do you know why he rebuked them? Because fear is the opposite of faith. Jesus said, we're going to the other side. These guys needed to have faith in the word. Do you know how powerful your word is? Proverbs 18.21 Do you know that the Father, the creator of the universe, created the words with Ruach, with his breath? And he spoke the words into existence. And Proverbs 18.21 says, The power of life and death are on your time. Your time. <laughs> You're not like seriously concerned. You're like five credit cards. Yeah, help me, Jesus. I'm doing this because of you. And I quickly had to repent. And you know what? A miracle upon a miracle happened. You can ask him. I repented. I repented to my children because I was stealing their inheritance. I mean, my, I remember our daughter Chloe looked at me and said, why did you do that? I said, just forgive me. My son forgave me. My other daughter forgave me. Karen forgave me. And it was like that. It was <coughs> And I'm not joking. The power of crying out to God for mercy and saying, Father, forgive me. Well, Jesus did wake up from that storm. Jesus did rebuke his disciples for lack of faith. And then he turned and he rebuked that storm. And I'm saying, guys, we need to discern the storms in life. Three storms. Three storms. A self-inflicted storm, a demonic storm, and a God-sent storm. And each action, I mean, the action you use in your storm is most important. Most important. In a, self, in a self-imposed, self-inflicted storm that you've created yourself, fall on your knees and cry out for mercy. Cry out for mercy. Lord God, I ask you, I ask you for mercy. I ask you for mercy. And we can we can bring this very, very close to home. To the areas of of disease that's all around us. We don't protect ourselves. We are opening ourselves up, but where do you bring faith into this action? You must bring faith in. But at the same time, we must be wise. Why are you wearing a scarf? Why are you wearing a jacket? Because you don't want to get the flu. You don't want to get cold. You don't want to get sick. Well, apply 
It's in other areas of your life as well. I'm not saying walk in fear. I'm just saying walk in wisdom. Why am I not wearing it? Because you won't walk for a corporal grace. And I'm keeping social distancing right now. And I'm okay. And I'm calling Psalm 97 verse 10 upon me. None of those plagues will come near my life. But at the same time, when I go to the shop, I wear my mask. I will protect myself. And I've often had Karen say to me, lift it above your nose. <laughs> now, I do. Because we've had some, some very sad, tragic stories happen around us. So, so if you know that you've got a self-inflicted story, apply the Word of God, get into your closet, cry before the Lord, go to the people that you've caused suffering to, and ask them for forgiveness. <laughs> If you know that, that your storm is a, is a demonic storm, then make sure you've got faith. And if the, let me say, a demonic storm can attack you in every area. Every area. And I know that, I know that it'll attack in areas which are seriously private and personal. But the way you combat it is you have a balance where you can submit one to another. Get a confident, not a yes person, but a person that can look at you and say, you've got some spinach between your teeth. And talk to you about the real things of life. And I can praise God for Tyson and Lamani because they can talk to Karen and I about the spinach between our teeth. And... I do, I come and I complain to him sometimes about my situation, and then he just looks at me and he says, deal with it. It's not the answer I want. <laughs> but it is the fact. You know, if you're coming into a, a demonic attack, deal with your situation, fall on your face before God, submit to God, make sure your heart is right before God, that you're not giving the enemy access. Because if you give the enemy access, he will take you down. Seriously, it's, it's that little fox will grow to be a giant and it will come to take you down. And if it is a God storm, that's the most magnificent storm. Because it's character building, it's kingdom building, it has the purpose of winning souls for Jesus. And the final purpose of a God storm is that all glory goes to God. God is the God of the storm. He really is. So to serve your storm right now, it's fresh. We call on you, Lord. We call on you. We call on you, Father God. I thank you, 